Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, let's do this! Welcome to another holiday, Christmas, winter fest version of the Bob and Cherry Show with Bob. You know, I followed the ice capades for a season, like a lot of young guys trying to find themselves. And Cherry. Yes! And now, broadcasting from our brilliantly decorated holiday studio, it's Bob and Cherry. I just sat myself down during the Thanksgiving break, and I watched a few movies, and the first one was A Christmas Story Christmas, the one about a grown-up Ralphie who wanted the BB gun. We all know yeah, the Christmas yeah. story movie. It's so it's so beloved in this think? country. I I started watching it and I said, You're gonna have to force yourself because you love Gene Shepard, who was the author of the movie, one of my heroes. Just force yourself to watch it. And you know what? I kind of enjoyed it. It's like a cool Hallmark movie. I, I don't watch Hallmark movies at all, but you know, you'll see bits and pieces of some, um, you know, there's no other way to put it. Corny Hallmark Christmas movie. And it's like that a little bit. And yet it's got a little bit more edge. And I got to tell you, Peter Billingsley, who is the actor who as a child, you know, portrayed Ralphie, he was in essence, the star of the movie. My God, he looks exactly the same. He looks like a grown-up <laughs> version of himself as a child. He has the cherubic face. They've got him in the same roundish sort of owl glasses, which looks really, you know, fatherly on him. And yet there he is going into Flick's bar. His boyhood friend Flick opened a bar. And he's in there having shots with Flick and Schwartz. And um, it's something that you just let yourself go and enjoy and just say, this is a warm blanket of a movie. I'm I'm not going to get any type of um, inspiration or insight. It's just something to watch at Christmas time. And it was kind of cool. And it was also, you know, poignant. If you love that movie, you see pictures of Darren McGavin, who played Ralphie's father, you know, in the house. And they used the same house uh, exteriors in Cleveland. But the weirdest thing about the Christmas uh, story Christmas movie, I'm watching the credits at the end because i want to make sure that cleveland i i said i'm, I'm sure that's the house because the house was up for sale we were talking about it three hundred fifty thousand dollars. i, I want to see if they you know give credit to the city of cleveland and i didn't see that but all of a sudden halfway through the credits 
all of the names looked Russian or Ukrainian, like like the uh, the set director, whose uh, name would be Abanovich, Abanovich, you know, and it was one name after I thought, well, you know, there's somebody who's Russian there. Wait a minute. Here's another. Here's another. They're all the drivers, the chauffeurs, the catering. Everybody's Russian. Did they, did they shoot it in like Croatia? Bulgaria. Was the movie f- they Bulgaria. filmed it in Bulgaria. Oh, yeah. Is that because they needed snow on the ground or something? Like, or was you know, cheaper? Um, there didn't seem to be that many scenes with snow on the ground. I mean, there were some, um, but maybe that was it. Maybe it was cheaper in Bulgaria, which is just this side of Russian, by the way. Um, but that's where it was shot. I was very, very surprised. Maybe you know, not Bulgaria all of it, is, but a good part of it was, yeah. Bulgaria is is elbowing its way onto the world stage because I was at uh, Costco about a month ago, and they had a Bulgarian red wine on sale, and it it had a picture of a dog on the bottle. So of course I was attracted to it, like a sad looking dog, which was very you know relatable. It was delicious. It was cheap too. It was like six ninety right? nine a bottle, and it was yeah. really good. And and the sign above it, the sign above it said, "Have you tried Bulgarian wine?" And I was forced to admit that I had not. I had not had Bulgarian wine. I wonder. I wonder if it was just so much cheaper to film it there, which kind of blows your mind because you're moving all of the actors mm-hmm. to Bulgaria and right. housing them there for it. But who knows, right? Maybe they you, needed to you have build to have an, an interpreters. Well, maybe they needed you know? to build the neighborhood. And be able yeah. to shoot in it. And that was cheaper yeah. to do in Bulgaria than it would have been. Yeah, I, I was expecting Ohio. Canada. That's that's the go-to. Vancouver is always the go-to city, you know, to shoot a movie. But you in liked Because it? it is cheaper. I liked it. I it thought it was like cute. Did. Yeah, it was this. Well, I mean, it's the ultimate nostalgia movie. And it really but hit home that, for me. Isn't that what you want at the holidays? Like, yeah. don't you want a movie that just makes you feel good? You know? Didn't we t- didn't we talk about there was some sort of a psychological study that said, go ahead and watch old movies you've seen ten times. If it makes you feel good, go ahead and do it, and don't worry yeah. about you know the latest yeah. thing that, that's uh, that's coming up. And I decided to go that way. I mean, it's Christmas. I want to yeah. I want to watch a Christmas movie. I don't want to have to yeah. watch two thousand and one A Space Odyssey and try to make sense of it. You know, it's like, better than I you thought. You want a Christmas yeah. movie. Oh, good. Right. Yay. Hey, I I have a little movie review for you. I hate watched. Don't worry, darling. Oh, my God. Let's talk about that next. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. So we watched, my daughters and I watched Don't Worry, Darling. It's the Harry Styles, Florence Pugh, Olivia Wilde movie, Chris Pine, all the controversy. Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles have broken up now. I mean, it's just... It's just an insane, dramatic story, but not the movie. So I'll say this about Don't Worry, Darling. We kind of hate watched it. One of my daughters hates Harry Styles. Like, her mission in life is to hate Harry Styles. And I'm like, why have you picked Harry Styles to hate? She said, because he's a terrible actor and he gets acting jobs that real actors should have instead of him. Okay, well, it's a weird hill to die on, but you go get it, girl. (laughs) So 
I'm going to say, I'm, I'm not going to give any spoilers, although to be honest with you, I'd be doing you a favor since the plot is so whack that it might help you understand the movie if I told you one thing that happened in it. It is the most beautiful movie to watch. Like, turn the sound down. If you are a fan of, like, the 1950s Palm Springs Rat Pack ring-a-ding-ding aesthetic, you know, those bright, saturated colors against that blue desert sky. Yeah. Harry Styles and Florence Pugh are pretty good to look at, too. If that's your jam, put this movie on and mute it. It is such a freaking mess of a movie. And... And it's sad Why? because it Why do you say been, that? It could have been great. Well, for starters, it didn't it didn't make the decision on which movie it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Is it could have been the movie about how Chris Pine's character, Frank, created this utopia in the desert to um, give people a shot at the the most glorious moment of American nostalgia in the 1950s, post-war 1950s, where men were men and martinis were strong and women wore A-line dresses, right? Mm-hmm. And we could, have, we could have had a movie about how did he create that world? What is that world? Is it real? Is it a simulation? Are we in a video game? Or do these, are these people making atomic weapons? What's going on here in the desert, Frank? But instead, we set all those questions in motion and then completely off at the end of the movie and you have no idea what's going on the movie takes its sweet time being a giant beautiful sun-soaked nothing burger until the last 15 minutes where it like it suddenly woke up and went oh my god i'm a movie i need to do movie things i'm gonna do all the movie things at once right now even though none of it's going to connect and make a lick of sense and then it ends in the most frustrating ending you can imagine I have seen great movies that I've loved that have spent less time living in my head than Don't Worry Darling, which was a piece of sun-baked, beautiful garbage. I can't stop thinking about it so much so, you guys, that I went on a subreddit so that I could be with other people who hated it, too, so that we could hate it together. (laughs) I love it. I've never done that before. I do. I just love the holidays. We all get together, you know, and just give thanks. Um, I have never I, watched I have a movie heard... and then went, you know what? I can't stop thinking about how irritating this movie is. Are there other people that feel the same? Where are these people? I have never done that until this movie. Were there was... a lot of people on Reddit? Of course there were. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing is, the movie does not, it's not without its redeeming characteristics. There's some very good stuff in this movie. Florence Pugh is amazing. Chris Pine, so good. My kids are like, Harry Styles is awful. I didn't think he was that bad. Um, there's not, there's not been another movie that I can recall this year. I can't recall one movie this year that got more free publicity than that movie. Maybe Top Gun. Oh, my God. Gun. The title filled me with rage. I felt like the title was a passive-aggressive subtweet to you, the viewer. Because you're yeah. at the end of it, you're like... This makes no sense. This is infuriating. This is a terrible movie. Why did you do that? You missed every opportunity. And the movie's like, don't worry, darling. We took your money. Oh, oh, I was insane. I'm so insane that I'm literally on a subreddit going, <laughs> I'm insane right now. I hate it. <laughs> what were people saying on the subreddit? All the, the, everything I just told you, but more, because I'm not really? going to give away really? spoilers. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to tell y'all exactly what the what is here and save you the hour and a half. But it is pretty to look at. 
Now, I was studying Olivia Wilde, who I have no beef with whatsoever. I'm studying Olivia Wilde in this movie, and I think she's a a human-alien hybrid. Hear me out. Her eyes are too far apart. There's like a reptilian, like, and her skin looks like it's been stretched over an alien skeleton. That's, and I think that that's how this movie got to be what it is. This movie uh-huh. is, okay, no, here, no, seriously, I know I sound like I'm crazy, but listen, 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 listen. This movie was made by someone desperately trying to act like a human being, but failing because she's not a human being. She's a lizard person. Very beautiful, though. I, I almost, I almost went to see that. it. I almost went to see it because of what you were describing—the ring-a-ding-ding, nineteen uh, fifties Palm Springs. More, but more on the news. It sounds like I've got to pass. All right. Oh yeah, pass. Straight ahead, pass. we Wait have more on in the news. This is Bob and Cher. Harvesting idiots from around the globe. You stupid moron. It's morons in the news with Bob and Sherry. So there's a man named Brandon Presha. He is 29 years old and he has been arrested. He works for a McDonald's in Lawrence, South Carolina, which is 35 miles south of Spartanburg. He's an employee there. And uh, he was convicted of tattooing a minor in the uh, dining area. Uh, he was spotted uh, doing the McTattooing after a female customer who was frustrated by a Friday night backup in the drive through lane peered into the restaurant and spotted Mr. Presha applying a tattoo to a minor's arm. The woman recorded the action and sent the video clip to the police. Evidently, Mr. Prussian is not the only one that works at McDonald's. So was the gentleman who was getting the tattoo. And when I say gentleman, it was a 17-year-old employee. So what we have here is a backup with the drive through because two of the employees are involved in turning the dining room into a tattoo parlor during business hours. Uh, this is not the first time Mr. Prussian has been in trouble Uh, Police came and, by the way, arrested him. You can't be doing that. Uh, In October, he was busted for allegedly stabbing a man twice in a confrontation in the bathroom of that McDonald's. He was uh, originally charged with assault slash attempted murder. However, a judge suspended service of the uh, term, instead placing him on probation for two years. Boy, oh boy. Uh, I just think that they need a new manager at that particular Mickey D's. I do. Because uh, if if there's an attempted murder by an employee in the men's room, and then the same guy is tattooing another employee in the dining area, somebody's missing something, right? And plus the line is backed up. So we're losing money here. I think we need a new manager. And don't tell me that it's easy to get help these days. Because it ain't. I don't know what's going on with him, but he is making just so many questionable choices. Somebody needs a day off. I'll say. Well, today's moron of the day is Kane Marcus. Kane was on his way to work in Gunbalian. Let me try it again. Gunbalanya in the Northern Territories of Australia. So it's pretty Uh remote and there's a lot of wildlife, right? And he's driving on his way to work, and his buddy is in the truck behind him when Marcus comes upon a giant crocodile on the road. Mm. Not Mm. an alligator, a crocodile. 
And when I say giant, you'll see it because we're going to post the pictures and video up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook. It is a prehistoric man-eating monster. So Marcus does what anybody would do. He jams on the brakes, jumps out of his truck, and heads over to get a selfie with the giant (laughs) saltwater crocodile. His friend in the truck behind him sees what Marcus is up to, and apparently this is on brand for Marcus. That friend starts rolling video. The animal comes for Marcus and ends up taking a big bite out of the tire of his trailer that he's towing. Marcus jumps out of the way, but continues trying to get the picture with the crocodile. Because that's who we are as human beings in 2022. We will give up a limb for a like. Oh, yeah. We will give up a limb for a like. A selfie that good? I mean, my God, that's Mm. your profile picture forever, right? Mm -hmm. We'll post this up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up, we have comedian Sebastian Maniscalco and the epic mystery of what happened to water beds? Ooh, check a wow. Remember when everybody wanted one and then suddenly they were gone? Yeah. Where are they? We got a bunch of stuff for you. Plus the Bob and Sherry box office. This is Bob and Sherry. Veterans, there's no real way to say thank you for everything you've done for us. But the Bob and Sherry show is sure going to try. We want to send veterans on vacation. Thanks to our friends at Visit Florida. Just nominate your favorite veteran by going to bobandsherry.com and hitting the contest tab and sharing their story. We could send that veteran and their family to Amelia Island, Florida to stay five nights at Residence Inn by Marriott Amelia Island. Located near the Beach, this hotel has spacious suites complete with full kitchens, which are perfect for families. This also includes an eight-hour fishing charter with pipe dream charters, a round of golf at Amelia River Club, and a Lux Boho Picnic, courtesy of Lux Picnics by Les, plus round-trip flights and a rental car. If you're active military or a veteran, Florida salutes you. Bob and Sherry are sending veterans on vacation. Nominate a veteran or yourself today at BobandSherry.com. Bob and Sherry contest rules apply it's the stuff we wouldn't couldn't shouldn't do on the regular show the oddcast podcast on the free bob and cherry app so a few uh, weeks ago we were talking about this thin thin very very tall skyscraper in manhattan in new york city and i was mentioning to sherry that a couple of years ago i was staying in the warwick hotel and the Warwick Hotel is a great place to stay because it's not far from Central Park. You can, you know, see all the fancy stores and all of that. And I went out on my little balcony at the uh, Warwick Hotel and I looked up and I went, that is the thinnest building I've ever seen. And they were just constructing it then. Well, it's been finished. And Architectural Digest has pictures that are absolutely amazing. It's got um, pictures, I guess, shot from a drone of this thin super thin building that uh, has an amazing view of Central Park and beyond. I swear you can see Connecticut and New Jersey from there. It also is one of those buildings. It's so tall and it's very, as I mentioned, it's very thin that they tell you if you, and I I can't get a price. If you're buying there, it's going to be in the millions, probably in the tens of millions, the higher you go and the more space you have. Uh, they tell you that it's designed to sway a little in, in certain uh, situations. Oh, no, thank you. That would be a no thank you. <laughs> Sherry, you know what? Even if I were given a place, I don't know. And, and I'm sure that it's fine. I don't know that I could ever be comfortable with that little bit of give. Now, it's not much. 
and they say it's it's not really even noticeable after a while but um i i just think in my head well it was designed by an engineer to be this way and then i just say so was the ford pinto many years ago you know um i just don't know that i can do it i know that Oh, I might be able to do it alone for a couple of days, but no one could come over because I would be in a constant state of panic. Like I can barely yeah. have little kids now. Like we, yeah. Violet was over for Thanksgiving and I'm like, no one let Violet fall off the deck. They're like, mom, right, she's not right. going to fall off the deck. She could, don't let it happen. The idea of having like a pet or a small I child know. in a well, swaying skyscraper, no. There, there doesn't appear to be any balconies, which is a good thing. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just not looking at the picture of this of this building. Um, it seems to be sealed, which I think is a very good idea. The interiors are absolutely fabulous. I mean, it's it's a gorgeous building, and it's a it's a, a, a miracle of construction. Uh, the views are just incredible, but I don't think that I could do it. Here's the other reason that you can't do it. So one of my friends, um, after she and her husband split up, she moved into an apartment, but that inside an apartment building, like a mid-rise building. And she was on the top floor of this mid-rise building. And you would have to park in the garage. And then you'd have to go in and you'd have to be buzzed upstairs. Uh, And she loved it because she'd always, she's always wanted to live in like a big city and and have that lifestyle experience. Giant pain in the butt every time you wanted to visit her. But when it was time to move in or bring groceries, you're in the garage and then you're trucking through the garage to get to the lobby where you're waiting to be buzzed up to get into the elevator. Sorry. No. Every time the dog needed to go in or out, you had to duplicate all of those steps pass. And I know that that works for a lot of people, but I am very used to park the car, bring the groceries in open the door, let the dog go out. The idea of having to do all of that just doesn't appeal. And then I'm in a building that's swaying in the wind. Pass. I know. You know, my fantasy, if I were to live in New York City, and I have for like a week or two weeks here and there, my fantasy was always to have a friendly doorman who has this really sharp-looking uniform on, and I come walking through. Well, hello, Mr. Lacey. Did you have a nice day broadcasting? Yes, I did, Ralph. Thanks very much. Good to see you. And you walk by, and you get in the elevator. That's that's the New York I've always wanted to live in. Not this yeah, well, one, and not the one you're fun. talking about. How fun when Finn has to go out, and you got to haul him downstairs. Well, Hi, you Ralph. do have to do that, yeah. Then you got to take him out, and you got to find a patch of grass, and back in. Hi, Ralph. Back in over and, over and over and over. It's and over tough. It's tough. You're right. We're so suburban. It's Bob and Sherry. From sleep training to sex tips, if you have questions, I have answers. Hi, everyone. I am Dr. Kim, your confidant and host of the Parentologist podcast. Each week on the show, we dig into relevant topics related to everything parenting, marriage, current events, and mental health. You'll feel like you're in the room and part of the conversation. So please join me and get your weekly dose of expert-level advice and resources from me and my guests in a relatable, easy-to-digest way. 
Listen to the Parentologist podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Sherry here. Just saying a giant thank you to everyone who reaches out and contacts the show. We try to read every email, every DM, every text. We do miss some. Um, and I apologize for that. If you would like to be on the show or if something really wild has happened in your life and you'd like to be on the podcast, you can reach us at hello at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I. Hello at bobandsherry.com. That's usually the most direct way, but however you reach out, thank you and thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. It's the Bob and Sherry Store Sizzling Summer Sidewalk Sale. Everything in stock is on sale, 10% off. 10% off! Including Sherry Lynch's cookbook, Cooking with Cats. And swag you can use, like Bob and Sherry 24-ounce latte mugs, travel mugs, H2Go water bottles, and our very hot line of Mother of All Mothers merch, including tote bags, candles, wear-around tea and sleep shirts. 10% off! It's the Sizzling Summer Sidewalk Sale. Everything is 10% off. Just hit Shop at BobandSherry.com and use the discount code PODCAST at checkout. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Well, the uh, dictionary, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary has named the word of the year and the word of the year is gaslighting. Gaslight. Which I, I think, no, I think that we, um, we've been... Gosh, we've been, we were so early on gaslighting. We were talking about gaslighting a million years ago because we've experienced it at work and at home. What is gaslighting? It's a form of manipulation where the manipulator attempts to make their victim believe that what's happening to them isn't actually happening and that their reality is untrue. And it gets its name from an old movie, an old black and white movie called Gaslight, that I think is the actress Ingrid Bergman, but I can't remember who else is in it. And I think Ray husband, Milan. Is it Ray Milan played the, uh, the, the notorious husband? I can't I remember, think. but here's where it gets the name from in the movie, if I remember right, because I've, I've seen this movie on Turner Classic. The uh, Their home is lit by these gas lights, and he keeps turning them down, down, down. And his wife is like, darling, the... The room is so dim, I can't see. And he's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. The room isn't dim at all. And so, like, he does all these things to drive her completely insane. And then as they're happening, he's looking her right in the face and he's going, no, darling, that's not happening at all. And she's like, oh, I think I need to lie down now, which is apparently what women did back then. And I'm going to introduce that because I would also like to lie down right now. And I think the next time these people with me. I'm just going to go, darling, I think I need to lie down now and go in my bedroom and look at my phone. Anyway, the, by the, way, the, the movie, the movie was Charles Boyer, the one you're thinking Charles about. Charles Boyer. Yeah. And okay, Ingrid Bergen yeah. and the recently deceased Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Oh, is she so, um, really? you know, right yeah. now I just saw it when I was looking for something to watch it. It's on Netflix right now. 
Here are some other examples of gaslighting. Lying and denying. And then even when you get caught in the lie and the person is showing you proof that you lied, you still refuse to admit it. Um, How about this? Insisting that an event or behavior actions that you witnessed never happened and that you're remembering it wrong. Hmm. Spreading rumors about you or telling you that other people are doing that. Changing the subject or refusing to listen when you're confronted about your gaslighting behavior. And no matter what, when they call you out on it, you're always going, darling, you're overreacting. You need to lie down now. (laughs) That's what gaslighting is. And it is the word of the year. I'm surprised because it's been around so long. But but I guess it's because the public just recently has um, embraced it. I mean, it's been around since that. When was that movie out? Probably the 1940s, 40s, something like that. Yeah. So that's a long time. And it's just but you're right. You do hear the word gaslighting more. And I think it's because of all of the turmoil in our political system. People are using it more that way. Online searches for gaslighting and what it means increased one thousand seven hundred and forty percent this year. That's why it's the word of the year. Don't you think it is because of politics, though, that politics and our whole whole reality? I feel gaslit by reality almost every day. Well, you and I were always gaslit. I mean, that program director, Sweaty, who who said to us, we're not programming Ace of Base every single day on your show for three years. And yes, he was. And yes, you were. Yes, you were. We saw the sign. Okay, we lived the sign. (laughs) We were the freaking sign. We wanted to drive into the sign. I mean, it's nothing against yeah. that. It's a fine song, but I mean, every day for three years. <laughs> well, that covered it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I, I, we wish no harm to the members of Ace of Yes, Base. we do. No, yes, we do. We do. I mean, not bodily harm, but. I, I mean, I'm hoping they're enjoying life in their Swedish village. We just did not want to hear the song. Three times um, a day, four times a day, because it was once every hour for, uh, you know, actually three years. years. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. That's interesting. So there you go. Gas, Congra- gas Congratulations, wow. girl boss. Um, mm-hmm. Omicron, cancel culture, queen consort were some of the runners up this year, but nothing came even close to Gaslight. We got comedian Sebastian Maniscalco coming up. It's Bob and Good. Sherry. Bob and Sherry ask, do you know a crazy cat person? Are you crazy? We are not crazy. Are you a crazy cat person? Wow. Time to out yourself and proclaim to the world your love of your kitty best friend. Wow. It's the My Life is All About My Cat line in the Bob and Sherry store with t-shirts available in an assortment of colors with the perfect style for you. Unisex, women's, and even tank tops in sizes small to 3x or you can have tea or coffee with your kitty pal with ceramic mugs that also say my life is all about my cat and of course sherry's award-winning cooking with cats is chock full of great recipes and fun photos of felines frolicking in the kitchen with shirts drinkware and a cookbook the bob and sherry store has your crazy cat person covered this holiday season even if it's you yeah they're crazy but they're a lot of fun just hit shop at bobandsherry.com Hi, this is Yerma Nicholson from Antioch, California. I just want to wish my mom, dad, Mercedes, Ty, and Josiah a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Love you all. See you soon. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. I don't know if you guys saw this story in your news feed, but it gave me 
I mean, I broke out in chills when I saw it in the Washington Post. Back in 1971, a 21-month-old baby named Melissa was kidnapped by a woman that had been hired to babysit, disappeared. They were never able to find her. This is, you know, 1971. We did not have the technology we have now. We didn't have the forensic science we have now. But her family never gave up looking for this baby. For 51 years on her birthday, they would sing happy birthday to her. They mm. would do balloon releases. They, they prayed. They, they put up signs for 51 years. Heartbreaking. They looked for her. Well, mm-hmm. last week, she was re- Melissa was reunited with her mom oh. and dad and two of her siblings for the first time in 51 years. Thanks to a home DNA test, test and an amateur genealogist, they had the kidnapper changed her name to Melanie, and she grew up in this family with no idea that she was not uh, one of their actual children. No idea that she'd been kidnapped. Twenty-one months old, you're a baby at twenty-one months old. That's right. And at first, she didn't want to believe it was true, but she has a birthmark on her back that matches the birthmark of this kidnapped baby. And the 23andMe DNA kit linked Melissa's father, Jeffrey, with one of Melissa's children who had uploaded a a test to 23andMe. And this amateur genealogist put it all together and said, wait a minute, Jeffrey, you are related to this child. How could you be related to this child? And so then they worked backward and sideways the way that these um, genealogists do. And they were able to figure out that this woman, Melanie, was actually the kidnapped baby Melissa. And at first, Melanie did not want to believe that any of this was true. Because, you know, she's like, this is 50. Well, she's 53 years old now. And you're knocking on the door saying, oh, hey, by the way, you were kidnapped when you were a baby. And none of your life has been real. She pushed back on it. She didn't want to believe it. But then they said the birthmark. You have the birthmark. This baby had the birthmark. She agreed to take the DNA test. And sure enough, boom, there it was. After all those years, this family has been reunited with their child. Does that not just make you go, whoa? Yeah, it's it's really very, very strange and kind of uh, disconcerting. What happened to the woman who stole the baby? Is there any information about that in this story? Because... I would think that is a very serious crime. Well, I, you know, in the Post article, they didn't say what, mm-hmm. you know, what, if any, prosecution might exist. But right. Melissa, who has been living as Melanie for her whole life, is now using her original first, ta- first name. Hmm. She wants to redo her wedding vows so that her actual real dad can walk her down the aisle. She's so she's embraced it. She's embraced it. Now she has, yeah. 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 That must be so, it, that would be so weird at that age, especially, you know, to change your name. You know, I mean, if you were like a teenager and you say, I just hate the, uh, that my name is Elmer. So as soon as I turn 18, I'm going to become Jimmy. It, it just must be weird to all of a sudden, you know, ask people to call you Jimmy. It must be the same thing for her. Fortunately, they both begin with an M. The only thing I can tell you about the kidnapper, um, the woman who raised Melissa Mm -hmm. said that she knew Melissa was a kidnapping victim. 
But the, the way the article was written, I got the feeling that the kidnapper did not raise Melissa. Maybe she sold her or oh, gave her oh, away. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, the woman that took her yeah. knew that this was a kidnapped child. And all these years knew that she was raising someone else's stolen child, which has to be, I, I don't know what laws are broken there, but how do you, how do you do that and live with yourself? How do you do and, that? And so the woman who raised the child, she had other children too, did you say? Yeah. yeah. She did. So it wasn't one yeah. of those deals where I just have to have a baby and that was the baby. It was an addition um, to the family. Wow. And in this family that Melissa was raised in, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of difficulties. Her relationship with this woman who raised her was really difficult. Melissa ended up leaving home when she was only 15 years old. When you look, like the the magnitude of evil here, you stole this baby. Right. And then you gave her to someone who knew she was a stolen baby, who kept her. And all of this mayhem and heartbreak for decades Isn't it interesting that for no apparent reason, she did not get along with the woman who was raising her? I mean, there was probably something that was almost instinctive that this is this is not a person for me to be with. Mm. And she's out the door at 15, which is that's very unusual. It's an amazing story with a very delayed but still happy ending since both parents are alive. The siblings are alive to see their family reunited. That's great. All right. We're going to we're going to. We're going to switch gears. Everyone needs a laugh with Sebastian Maniscalco is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh with one of our all-time favorites, Sebastian Maniscalco. It was time for me to check in, right? Now, the check-in process at the airport, they don't want to look at you. Head down, right? No smile, nothing. I feel like I'm working. Right? I feel like I work at United. Hi. How you doing? The only time they get happy is when the bag goes over the weight allowance. They love telling you, you're going to owe extra on this bag. And you know it's heavy. When you're packing it at home, you tell your wife, we're never going to make it with the... It's okay. Okay, (laughs) So heavy, right? You put it up there. And you know it's heavy, so you kind of try and release it... You do that like kind of soft release, like that's gonna take, take weight off the bag. And her mood changes. She's like, ooh, I'm sorry. Your bag is two pounds over. You're gonna have to take two pounds out of your bag. Now, like an idiot, I gotta open up my bag in front of 187 people. I don't know what two pounds is. I'm taking out a boot, a sock, toothpaste. Is this two pounds? Does anybody know what two pounds is? They're gonna charge me an extra $8,000. You think the boot's a half a pound? I'm like, I go, where do you want me to put this? She's like, put that in your carry-on. I said, it's still going on the plane. (laughs) What does it matter? It's on top or underneath. The guy behind me is 500 pounds. That doesn't matter. (laughs) 
My sock is going to take the plane into the Pacific, but you prepared for this type of weight? It's a scam. Every part of that airport bothers me. The TSA, the security checkpoint. This is what's guarding our country. Have you seen what's in the blue shirts at O'Hare? Do you feel safe with this type of security? I've been all over the world, Egypt, Lebanon, Beirut. I've been all over. The security in their airports, unbelievable. All military, neat hats, machine guns. <laughs> Have you seen our first line of the film? You, said, you see the first guy they send out? Take out your laptop! <laughs> your liquids, your creams, your gel! Sebastian. <laughs> he's, so, he's so right on it with that guy. He's, that guy is not at every one of the uh, TSA. Uh, Places, but about every third you get that guy. When he said to take out your laptop, a chill went down my shoulder. I know. I know. By the way, Sebastian, he's got his new concert. I just watched it the other night. It's hysterical. I think it's on Netflix. If not Netflix, it's on HBO, and it's really, really funny. It's very New York, so but it's he is he, he was wonderful on our show too. We'll get this posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. You still have time to nominate a veteran to win an incredible trip for a family of four to Amelia Island, flights, rental car, hotel, fishing charter, picnic. I mean, we have it all going on for you. Nominate your veteran. Tell us why they need this trip. That veteran can be you. B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Veterans. There's no real way to say thank you for everything you've done for us. But the Bob and Sherry Show is sure going to try. We want to send veterans on vacation. Thanks to our friends at Visit Florida. Just nominate your favorite veteran by going to BobandSherry.com and hitting the contest tab and sharing their story. We could send that veteran and their family to Amelia Island, Florida to stay five nights at Residence Inn by Marriott Amelia Island. Located near the beach, this hotel has spacious suites complete with full kitchens, which are perfect for families. This also includes an eight-hour fishing charter with Pipe Dream Charters, a round of golf at Amelia River Club, and a Lux Boho Picnic courtesy of Lux Picnics by Les, plus round-trip flights and a rental car. If you're active military or a veteran, Florida salutes you. Bob and Sherry are sending veterans on vacation. Nominate a veteran or yourself today at BobandSherry.com. Bob and Sherry contest rules apply. The new and improved Bob and Sherry website. Just go to BobandSherry.com. Not long ago, Sherry and I were talking about nicknames, and we decided that uh, the part of the country that has the most insulting or funny nicknames is the Northeast. And we were both brought up there, and she was brought up partially in Philadelphia, part of her uh, upbringing in Philadelphia. That is like ground zero, probably, for insulting nicknames. And, and you had them in your family, too, didn't you? Nicknames? Oh, everybody. Like Not what? only did everybody have a nickname, 
Mm-hmm. But um, you no matter how many syllables your name has, it gets shortened to one. So you're mm-hmm. Bob. And you would mm-hmm. think, how could anybody shorten the name Bob? In mm-hmm. my family, you would be B. Okay. It's just... And that's just like a cultural thing up there. Like my but your grandmother, kids, your grandmother yeah, had kids. nicknames for for like neighbors and people, right? Oh yeah, like um, uh, <laughs> Eleanor Liar Lips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was one of the neighbors. <laughs> you know, people who live in um, Sebastopol, California, they don't come up with names like Eleanor Liar Lips. Eleanor Liar Lips. There were two Eleanors that basically lived across the street with one house in between them. So you had Eleanor one, then a neighbor, then another Eleanor. And so to distinguish them, it was Eleanor and Eleanor Liar Lips. And I can't tell you what Eleanor Liar Lips, other than lying, like I can't tell you what her crime was. That that was her crime. That she got, um, she got that tag that. And then there was another guy. There was another guy down the street that, and I don't know why they called him this. They called him Frankie Dead Eyes. <laughs> he was Frankie Dead Eyes. He had and those. He was dead one eyes. house from the corner. I guess we, he did. We, you know, he was an yeah. adult, so I didn't pay him any attention. But yeah, yeah we had I all mean, those people, kind of nicknames. We've all seen people like that. So I found this post the other day, and I and I thought of our conversation. Somebody put together the best nicknames that they ever heard as they were growing up. Uh, the first one is uh, have a friend and we call him the exorcist because he never <laughs> leaves a party until all the spirits are gone. <laughs> uh, I've got a friend named Wayne Bruce. He's known as Man Bat Wayne Bruce. It's, um, it's going to start to get a little uh, crueler here. This is from a guy named uh, A. Tooth Indy. I read one recently about somebody who knew a guy named Anthony at work. And this Anthony was only five feet tall, so his nickname was Shetland Tony. (laughs) (laughs) That's dark. That's good, though. You have to hand them that. Come on. That is. Guy in my wife's work had the nickname Hip Hip. His name was Hugh R-A-E, Hugh Ray. And they (laughs) Hip hip Hugh Ray. <laughs> that's that, that's you know that's kind of cute. Um, I got called Ringo for a bit. This guy says because in our car pool uh, to work there was a John, a Paul, a George, and then me. You had to be Ringo. Uh, a fitter we used to work with used to just stand there and watch others doing all the work, just casting a shadow. We called him Sundial. (laughs) You know, the beauty of these nicknames, though, is they're not just mean. They're just really clever. They're clever. Like, listen to this. There's a guy. He was a hockey player. I don't follow hockey, so I don't know. He was on the Montreal Canadiens. His name was Arbor. I'll spell his last name because I can't pronounce it. X-H-E-K-A-J. Might be... H-E-K-A-J? Right. And his nickname was Wi-Fi because his name looks like a password. If you were going to have a heart. (laughs) I like that one. No. This this one is my favorite. This guy's nickname was Soup. His brother's actual name was Stu. 
And he wasn't as thick. He wasn't as thick as Stu. So they called him. They called him. Uh, oh, this next one is terrible. Guy at a bar that this guy used to go to had a limp. And he was called the Sniper's Nightmare. That is so That's so dark. dark. That, wow, that is really so is. dark. Yeah. So there's a few nicknames, some of them sweet and some of them not so sweet. This is Bob and Sherry. Restless Shores is the story of a billion-dollar pharmaceutical company and the somewhat quirky family that runs it. Shenanigans ensue every week. For 15 bingeable minutes at a time, you can enjoy murder, corporate espionage, organized crime, master thieves, more clones than necessary, treasure, sabotage, kidnapping, torture, adultery, seduction, plastic surgery, psychic readings, explosions. Feeling restless for more on-the-go content? We know we are. Go to our website at www.restless-shores.com. You know you want to. Find Restless Shores wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, well, this is odd. How decidedly odd. It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called The Oddcast, with stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast drops every Monday and Wednesday on the Bob and Sherry website and the free Bob and Sherry app. I listen to you on the way to work and the Oddcast on the way home from work every day. I love Aren't it. you sweet? Thank you. The off-air Bob and Sherry podcast called The Oddcast. Download it now at bobandsherry.com with the free Bob and Sherry app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ways to get in touch with The Bob and Sherry Show. Stick your head out a window and yell, Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry! Get the Bob and Sherry free app for your phone and leave us a talkback message. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Email us through the Bob and Sherry website, bobandsherry.com or email us hello at bobandsherry.com or you can call us at 833 4244-BOB or 844-52-SHERRY. Hello, Bob and Sherry. Leave us a DM on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page or you can just kick it old school and yell out the window. Hey, Bob and Sherry! The Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, you know, that's how your mom describes them. We're on all of them, and we would love to have you come hang out with us on any of our social media. Hit up our Facebook for stuff you hear every day on the show. Talk to us on Twitter. Shoot us a message on Instagram. We want to hear from you, and we want to follow you back. Plus, it's always Catterday right around the corner, and we're looking at your pics. That's Bob and Sherry on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Sign up for our newsletter, and you could win a $50 Visa gift card. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. It's talk back time. If you have a phone that you talk on, you can call us at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRI. Or if you have a phone that you prefer to text on, use apps on you can download the free bob and sherry app and you can use it for everything from listening to the show like right now to entering contests you can text the studio you can listen to our podcasts and you can tap that little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk and the app will do the rest hi bob and sherry max and doc my name is sam i am from logansport indiana i am a longtime listener of the show Love it. Listen every day, every week. Um, sorry, this this starts a little bit sad, but I, I promise it it's funny. Um, so when my son was seven weeks old, um, 
In March of this year, we found out that he has a type of cancer called neuroblastoma. Um, lots of time in hospitals, lots of driving, lots of doctor's appointments. You get the gist. Um, we drive a lot and I listen to your podcast all the time. So having a baby in the car can be tough sometimes. Um, I have noticed that when I have your podcast on, my son will doze off to Sherry's voice and fall asleep and take a nap. And sometimes when Bob speaks, he will open his eyes. Well, it looks like I should turn the podcast back on because he's crying. Um, anyway, Sherry, your voice has an effect on my baby boy who is now 10 months old. Not completely cancer-free, but doing much, much better. Anyway, thanks for all of your hard work. Uh, we love you. You know, you never oh. expect in your job, you never expect uh, that there's a story like that going on. I mean, and it's funny that the baby... Uh, is is at peace with uh, your voice and evidently not with mine. Um, but you, ne well, you never think that pe people are going through something that is so um, difficult. Heavy, so yeah. heavy and scary. And you're, you're a part of it. Yeah, I'm, uh, you, I'm very touched. You know what I should do? Tell me if you agree. And we'll have to remember to do this, which means we'll have to write it down somewhere because the only person that will remember that we're going to do this is Doc. We should record like a bonus podcast episode and I'll read a handful of little kid books and, mm -hmm. and then I can bore babies to sleep, you know, with baby themed content. What do you think? Um, I think it would be a sweet thing to do, especially just for her, but I don't know if other babies are affected that way with your voice. My, My guess is they're not, you know, I mean, just sometimes there's just Actually, something about a, one baby and the way it re relates to one thing or the other. We all we all know babies can be weird. When my friend's baby was a baby, when my friend's daughter was a baby, mm -hmm. she would like the mornings were crazy, and she would start screaming as soon as they headed out to the car to go to daycare, and her mom would strap her into her seat, turn the car on, and put the show on. And the minute she heard me talking, she would stop. Kind of really? her head. Yeah. So I think that my voice must um, be on Just some the tone. Yeah. Bore the baby to tears frequency, which yeah. is not a bad thing. Like if you're a person that can bore a baby to death, that is not mm -hmm. a bad thing. And as I think about it, like <laughs> Ada's first Christmas. Listen, no, seriously, you guys, this is like a skill that I didn't know, a gift, a gift from God I did not know I had. Ada's first Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. She is, um, she's eight, no, five weeks old. She is frantic beside herself, screaming. Her parents, new parents, they're exhausted and overwhelmed. And I was like, eat dinner, give me that baby. And I took that baby and scooped her up in my arms and started talking to her. Baby stopped crying. Didn't cry for the entire time I held her. A couple of hours. Really? Blissful, yeah. not baby yeah. crying. Because again, I think I was boring the baby into sleep with my voice. Okay. I'm I don't know. Go. I don't think it's boring. I think it's there's just something about it maybe that is a, a peaceful sound. You know? I don't I don't have that voice. The only way I can get a screaming baby to stop is to take the baby outside, hold the baby, and 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 I do this with L, although L doesn't complain very much, uh, if at well, all. 
Um, it's just it's just the difference of being inside a house and being outside a house. Whether it's the sound of the birds or it's colder outside, it gets their attention. It's always been that way for me. It's just a weird gift, Bob, because it's a double edged blade. Like if you're a baby and I say something like, hey, baby, hey, little tiny baby, it settles you down. But if you're a grown man and you're awakened from a sound sleep by me saying, hey, baby, hey, little <laughs> tiny baby, it's not soothing. It's terrifying. So I think it's all, you know, it's all yeah. in who the audience is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, we want to hear from you, 844-52-SHERI, or you can grab our app. And I'm going to make a note to read some baby books for a podcast You should do that. Yeah, you should For my little man here who is fighting that neuroblastoma like a tiny little boss. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats. The book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. So on the 23rd of the month, which is not that far away, um, we're having all of my children and my grandchildren over to our house. Everybody's going to be here for a couple of days, and I'm going to do the lobster party if it's not too, uh, too pricey. We're trying to get them flown in from uh, Southwest Harbor, Maine, and I'm going to cook them outside in this big uh, cooker. But uh, one down thing has happened. My daughter, Allie, has been banned. I am banning her from coming to the lobster party slash two-day Christmas celebration. That's harsh. Why? Well, I have to because of a video that I saw. I went on Facebook and... um, there is now some sort of uh, there are places where you can take your little kids, and it is like a swimming pool filled with foam squares that seem to be about uh, eight inches by eight inches, and they're all different colors. And there's thousands of them in, in filling up this sort of pool area. And what you what you do is you get in the pool area with the kids. And you catch them if you have a little one, like um, both of my grandchildren, right? I've got one that's one and one that's three. And so the video shows Allie up to her neck in these soft plastic foam squares while Christian jumps into the pit and Allie catches him. I took one look at that and the kids squirming around and the other adults in the pit. And the kids jumping into the pit. And I called her up and I said, I just saw your video. You were banned from my house for Christmas. I will not have you bringing whatever horrifying cold fever, whatever the germs are that I know that you must have gotten doing that. And I'm very surprised at you. She couldn't stop laughing. I said, Allie, you and I are the germophobes of, am I solo now? Am I solo? How could you have gotten in there? 
And she started laughing. She said it was so horrible. She said, while I was in there, Landon was standing uh, at the top where Christian was about to jump. And Landon was saying things like, you know, they say there are mice crawling around in the bottom of these things. You know, um, I went to a place with uh, Karamia and some friends a couple years ago Uh, before COVID. And they have what you're describing. They called it the cheese pit because the blocks of foam were bright yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I did a flip off of a trampoline into one of those things. And it was such a good idea until I was midair. And then I realized a couple of things. The first one was, I really don't know how to do a flip in midair off of a trampoline. (laughs) Which means there's a chance that I'm never going to walk again once I land. (laughs) And then the other thought that had, and you know, time slows down in a moment like that. As my body was twisting through the air, my second thought was, oh, dear God, my body is going to make contact with so many germy surfaces. I'm going yes. To yes. That's what I was thinking when when I called her up. This is this is exactly what I said. I said, I cannot believe that you did what you did. And she started laughing because she knew she knew that was not her. But that's what she would do for her nephew and her niece. She would get in the filthy. And maybe it's not filthy, but I don't know. What's the likelihood that those things are cleaned all the time? Some of the stupidest, most gross things I've ever done have been because a child was like, come on, Shay, or come on, mom. And I'm like, okay, let's do this thing. But you know what, Bob? It's a sensation unlike any other. And I recommend I it at least once in your life. You yeah. go get a big running start and go airborne and let yeah. yourself fall into that pit of foam blocks. Uh huh. Just do it once before you die. It's kind of yeah. awesome. I tell you, you remember the, the ball pit at McDonald's years ago? You take your kid there for the kid's birth, cheapo birthday party and you get in the ball pit and then they... And then they stop them. You know why they stop them? Because they're disgusting. They're disgusting. I can't do a ball pit ever since one of our listeners described being at a fast food place with a ball pit and um, watching a little kid barf into the balls. Oh, God. You know what happens. You know it does. Not a, you know what happens? After that, nothing. Unless somebody witnesses or the parent reports, that barf yeah. just makes its way down to the bottom. So, yeah, it can't get in a ball pit. Yeah, where the mice are. All right, straight ahead. The mystery of that symbol of 70s decadence, the waterbed. Where'd it go? Did it ever leave? It's Bob and Sherry. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. I cannot believe this. Okay, this is random, but you know, when I learn something, I just cannot keep it to myself especially this this is just so bizarre so um you never have you ever had a waterbed you were kind of a Uh, swinging tv star bachelor for a hot minute did you ever have a waterbed do you you really picture me with a waterbed i mean honestly not not one that you would have acquired intentionally do you really picture me swinging you were were a hot tv star bachelor for a hot second before you became van driving dad man weren't you did you have a minute where you were a hot sexy tv star bachelor 
No, I mean, I was on local TV and occasionally national TV, but I was never a, I was never a swinging bachelor guy. And, and no, I never had a, I never had a waterbed because I could not, I was living in apartments then. I could, I could not stop thinking about what happens if it leaks and it, it leaks, goes well, down. Check, yeah. check this out. <laughs> okay. So I thought waterbeds were invented in, I don't know, like the sixties or seventies, but it turns out waterbeds have been around since 3,600 BCE. Wow. Um, the ancient right? Persians would make mattresses out of goat skin and oh. then fill them with water that the sun had heated. That's oh, yeah. pretty swaggy for thousands yeah. and thousands of years ago. So how did we get from sun-warmed goat skin in the desert to the 1970s boom chicka wow? A design student named Charles Hall was trying to get his master's degree. And he was fascinated with furniture design, like modern space-age furniture. And for some reason, this guy wanted to fill furniture with fluid. Like, first he started with a chair that he filled with 300 pounds of cornstarch gel, and that rotted and was disgusting. Then he tried filling a chair with jello, as in, you know, jello. Jello. Yeah, that also was a disaster because, you know, there's sugar and stuff in it. So it went it went bad and it rotted. Mm -hmm. So he decided on a waterbed. He had a vinyl mattress that he would fill with water. Other students ignored everybody else's project and they were fascinated by his waterbed because he built a prototype and brought it to his thesis presentation. Mm -hmm. So at that point, Charles established his own company and began making waterbeds that were sold in California. Um, the first people to buy them were the members of the band Jefferson Airplane. You know, we built this city. Yeah. And he also well, sold to some somebody other. Somebody to love. Actually, it was a better song. Yeah, go ahead. He sold some. Uh, he sold mattresses to some other famous musicians. And his mm -hmm. he named his bed the Pleasure Pit. And boy, in the late 1960s, early 1970s, people were all about buying something called the pleasure pit. It and that's how, they, that's how they sold it. They sold it as, yes, yeah, sleep is great, but the pleasure pit is all about other things. There was an ad that said, um, she'll admire you for your car. She'll respect you for your job, but she'll love you for your waterbed. And by the time this thing peaked, one out of every four mattress sold in America was a waterbed. So what Are happened you to it? Wow. No, it was huge. In the 19, it peaked in the mid 1980s. Like it was a status symbol. People, kids back then would be like, "When I grow up, I'm gonna have a waterbed." By 1984, it was two billion dollars a year worth of waterbeds being sold. It was wow. crazy. But waterbeds were very, very high maintenance, and they were very, very heavy. And you needed really strong frames to support the weight of all that water. And it was very difficult for people who lived in apartments to get all of that upstairs. And then right. landlords started making you pay extra security deposit in case of a yeah, leak. Yeah. And that's what really, that's what really brought it down. All mm -hmm. of that plus the risk of leaking, and you had to fill it, and you had to drain it. Um, by the early 90s, waterbeds could not compete with Tempur-Pedic. 
memory foam is what killed the waterbed. That's what took and it I up. Did, wow. I didn't know that. Now, yeah, um, yeah. you can still buy a waterbed, and they've uh-huh. made big-time improvements on them. They're a lot lighter, and um, the, they have frames that are much more um, easy to operate. They have temperature control. People mm-hmm. still use them, but they don't call them waterbeds anymore because when you say waterbed, people Sounds get like, like a 1970s... Porn vibe. Instead, they call them flotation beds and mattress salesmen. Like there was one mattress salesman in uh, Washington D.C. that was interviewed for a magazine who said, "I don't tell my customers it's a water bed. I tell them it's a flotation bed. They're lying on it. They love it. It's only after they love it that we tell them it's a water bed." How about that? I didn't know they were around at all. I haven't seen one in years. I had friends uh, who had them way back in the day. And they said they were overrated as far as the romance part of it. I said, oh, okay. So, no, I did not. I did not. In my swinging days, I did not have the ladies over. And so they take a look at my waterbed. But I'll tell you <laughs> what, I think a few of them were kind of turned on with my lava lamp. Wow. Yeah, you were, you were not completely lacking in game in that. I think it was about a 14-day window of bachelorhood. You yeah. had some stuff going Roughly. on. Yeah. yeah. We'll post this up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook, you groovy hipsters. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Oh. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats, the book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Place. Little stories from around the USA and the world that you may have missed. Princess Diaries. There were two of them. They were hugely popular. Is there going to be a third? Anne Hathaway answers. There, there, there is a script. I want to do it. Julie wants to do it. Deborah Martin Chase, our producer, wants to do it. We all really want it to happen. It's just we don't want to do it unless it's perfect because we love it just as much as you guys love it. It's as important to us as it is to you, and we don't want to deliver anything until it's ready, but we're working on it. Wow. You loved it, didn't you, Chef? I loved it so much. I've seen it so many times. I also love Anne Hathaway. People like to hate on her, but I think mm-hmm. she's perfect. I think she's she is so talented. She's beautiful yeah. and kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a unique. Uh, she has a and unique if, look. If you ever watched The Princess Diaries, you would love it. It's hysterically funny. It's really mm-hmm. charming. The performances mm-hmm. are all great. I just, that would be something if Julie Andrews is back in it. I think didn't she just turn ninety years old? Did she? I mean, what, I don't know. It would, I think wouldn't so. Shock me. She, she and, and Petula Clark, who did Downtown, Downtown, just turned ninety years old. It's just amazing. You can't, you can't go back to Genovia and not have Julie Andrews. Like <laughs> I reject Ju- that script. Julie Andrews is eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. I apologize. I apologize, Julie. She looks great too. Okay, next story here in small plates, and that has to do with pets. 
all the time, especially if you're a guy, you would see all of these, all of these polls and studies showing that people will um, get dates and meet new people if they have a four-legged friend. 34% of the people with this new one said they met their partner because of a four-legged friend. Um, about 32% say they uh, met their best friend because of their dog, or in some cases, cat. The trick is that you have a fur uh, baby, as they're called, as an icebreaker. The only exception to this is comedian Pete Davidson, who's making plenty of friends as a three-legged pet. I promise Yeah, you. that's true from what we he hear. Does, yeah. He does not need a dog or a cat or anything. Yeah, that is that is definitely the wow. case. But here's but here's the thing though. I get that whole thing. I can picture myself single and walking with Finn in the park, you know. I'm walking along. Oh, I just love your dog. Oh, do you he's Labrador. He's so friendly, why don't you come? I am Bob. You know, I can see that happening. And yet they are a responsibility. I dated uh, a wonderful woman years ago and she had a rescue dog. And she said, I'll meet you at this restaurant, but I can only stay for a few minutes because I've got family or whatever. But I'd love to, I, I just want to get up with you. And she brought her dog and left the dog in the car. I walked her out to the car. The dog went out of his, out of her mind barking at me. I mean, it was like teeth, the Didn't whole like thing. You? And I was going like mad barking. I, and, no, well, just kind of freaked out because wasn't used to being in like a suburban mall, which is where this restaurant was. And people would walk by. I could see it. The dog's going out of his mind. So, I mean, it is it is something you have to think about. You cannot leave for just like that on a weekend spur sometimes. Maybe this new person doesn't want to be around animals all the time. That's the only downside. I get the hook, but I, you know, I still think that... Well, you're better. I'll you're better this. to be footloose and fancy free during that period. If you are a person who loves animals, you don't want somebody in your life that doesn't. So you might as well get that out of the way, like right away. But I, I love dogs, and we became friends. That dog and I. But I mean, the initial introduction was not good. And if you wanted, I, I just remember the times where I had my children were not in the uh, condo. I didn't have a pet. And I could just go anywhere. And you, you only have a small window of that in your life, especially if you're going to have kids. What shocks me about this story? You're so quick to buy a woman a house. You could have got off cheap buying that dog a house. Really won it over. I don't know why you didn't think of that. Why didn't you say something? <laughs> Come up with all I these mean, big <laughs> ideas. You let me, you know, we, you know you, we've known each you other get a for house. a while. You get a house. You get a house. A dog house at Sam's Club. What's that? A hundred bucks? You could have really been a hero. You just you just sitting and watching me like uh, like uh, like a crash, like an automobile. Like, Harry's going out with somebody. Yeah, she's got a dog that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it doesn't it's like be him. Interesting. It's going to be really well, interesting listen. to watch that. Sometimes you just have to, you know, you have to make your own fun. You're very entertaining yeah, yeah, that's to watch. True. There you go. Well, there you go. AAA says that uh, holiday traffic is going to be 98% of the volume it was pre-pandemic. 54.5 million people are expected to travel over the holiday period, which includes both holidays. And uh, Thanksgiving may be the third busiest since AAA started traveling, uh, uh, tracking travel volume in 2000. 49 million out of the 54.5 million will be in cars. So keep that in mind, depending on where grandma's house is. 
Gonna have to make some plans that way. And that is Small Plates, and this is Bob and Sherry. Facebook. 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 Follow Bob and Sherry on Facebook. Get all kinds of great stuff. One billion. That is how many active users Facebook now has. Facebook. 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 She switches on her computing machine and looks to see what her friends have been up to on Facebook, the electric friendship generator. There's this thing called Facebook. Facebook. Facebook page. We have five likes. You name it. News channel, YouTube, Hulu, Facebook, Twitter, dot this, dot that, dot everything. It's the whole enchilada. Or you can follow Bob and Sherry on Twitter, at Bob and Sherry. Twitter, Twitter, what are you tweeting? And we'd love to hear from you. DM us on Facebook or Twitter anytime. Just follow me here. No one. Won't you follow us on Twitter? So get social with Bob and Sherry on Facebook, Twitter, or at Bob and Sherry on Instagram. When I was coming up, Instagram was a dope deal. You know what I'm saying? Get details at BobandSherry.com. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Kim is with us right now. We're talking about balls you let just fall you had so many in the air you just forgot about something and kim what was it for you it was christmas eve and my six-year-old and two-year-old wouldn't go to sleep and it got later and later and so i laid down with them and i ended up falling asleep with them but the problem was their presents were stored at my parents house and the hamster my daughter wanted was in the car Uh-oh. so when we woke up christmas morning there were no presents under the tree and the hamster had frozen to death oh, oh no Gosh, Kim. There's one Lou Monty can't work with. Oh, Kim. Tiny, the frozen hamster. That's not going to be a song. <laughs> Chili. Fred. His name would be Chili. Who's dead. Fred. All right, Fred, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, Fred. The hamster's dead. dead. Hey, hey. <laughs> God. <laughs> I know this going to sound really sick, but we could give him all the stick. Fred. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, Fred, the hamster is dead. Man. Hey. <laughs> Oh, he's in the house. He's not a mouse. He's Fred the dead hamster. (laughs) Kim, I want to welcome you to my special club. Sorry. Of the bad, the bad sleep deprived mommy who cannot function. I'm sorry, Kim. It was oh. not a good Christmas. <laughs> oh, wow. What did you do? Well, Papa, Grandpa ended up bringing the presents over, and we told him that Santa Claus had went over to their grandparents' house. Yeah. But she could not figure out for the life of her why Santa Claus gave her an empty habit trail with no hamster. <laughs> and we couldn't do anything about that until the next day. Well, you know why Santa gave her an empty habit trail? Because it is much too cold on his sleigh. For That's a little exactly hamster to survive that journey around the world. But is there anything that's sadder than an empty habit trail? Having having sent a, a good many you hamsters know? to the great beyond, yeah. I can tell you no. There's no, there nothing is sadder. Not. The little wheel that was once so squeaky now yes. silent. Silent. <laughs> well, we were just grateful we didn't get her the puppy we wanted to get her. Oh, I think we all are, especially hey, hey, me. Hey, Kim. Yeah, I'm, I want to think about that, please. I'm glad that there wasn't a little baby brother waiting in the yeah, car. me too. I, <laughs> But Kim, oh girl, 
girl, do I feel you? When you're really mm-hmm. tired and they won't go to bed and you lie down with them, you can't stay awake. I can't stay awake. Mm-mm. You did I the best you so could. I was tired and I wanted everything to be perfect and I dropped the ball. Just for a minute. Feel Kim's pain when she opened her eyes Christmas Eve on Christmas morning and realized what had happened. That's just horrible. That's just horrible. But Santa does make mistakes. He has so many children. He does go to grandparents' houses. You know, he well, gets, especially, you know, if your yeah. grandparents have a lot of Christmas magic at their place, the yeah. Christmas magic sucks Santa down to the roof. That's how it works. Now, Harry, of course, is another story. Harry's out, out in the there car with going, gee, D. Yeah. Kim! <laughs> yeah. Boy, the other place with all the other animals where I used to live, uh, it was very comfortable, you know? Those big things would leave every night at 5.30, but and then, and then you know, it was very Harry's comfortable. Run, Harry's running on the wheel. You yeah, know, he's trying to keep his Jeez, you're trying to stay warm, warm here. Yeah. But even what a hamster wears out after a while. He's saying to himself, jeez, even the Norwegian ski team couldn't stay warm. I'm done in here. Veterans, there's no real way to say thank you for everything you've done for us. But the Bob and Jerry Show is sure going to try. We want to send veterans on vacation. Thanks to our friends at Visit Florida. Just nominate your favorite veteran by going to BobandSherry.com and hitting the contest tab and sharing their story. We could send that veteran and their family to Amelia Island, Florida to stay five nights at Residence Inn by Marriott, Amelia Island. Located near the beach, this hotel has spacious suites complete with full kitchens, which are perfect for families. This also includes an eight-hour fishing charter with pipe green charters, a round of golf at Amelia River Club, and a Lux Boho Picnic, courtesy of Lux Picnics by Les, plus round-trip flights and a rental car. If you're active military or a veteran, Florida salutes you. Bob and Sherry are sending veterans on vacation. Nominate a veteran or yourself today at BobandSherry.com. Bob and Sherry contest rules apply. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. Well, I guess college students will be out for uh, winter break in just a little while. So what are the most regretted college majors hmm. right hmm. now in the United States? Hmm. And what are the least regretted college majors? I got this off of CNBC, a research company asked a lot of young people whether they regretted what they chose as a major now that they were out in the working world or whether or not they were so glad that they, uh, that they chose it. I usually don't like to work with percentages because people's you know, eyes go cross, but I'm going to use percentages here because I think it adds to the story. These are the most regretted, regretted college majors. I'll start uh, down at the bottom and work my way up. At 52%, English language and literature – at 52%, biology. That's surprising. 56% regret being political science and government students. 58% medical clinical assisting. Hmm. So that would be a physician's assistant? Really? I thought that was a really I would, hard I would think that would be something yeah. people would want. Such a I mean, need. They're, they're saying that in the future, when you go to the doctor, that's who you're going to be seeing. Uh, then we're up to marketing and management research. 60% of the people say, I, I regret doing that. 61% education. Here we go, Sherry, Max, Doc. 64% of people asked said, I regret communications. 
72% liberal arts general studies. Listen, when you don't have the degree, you have no regrets. I had never thought <laughs> about it. I've you never know? thought about it that way, but there's a real positive here. You just set both of us free. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, 72%. That is really an eye-boggling number. Sociology. And the number one profession right now in America that people regret, and it's sad. Philosophy? It's journalism. Journalism. Just not that many gigs, you know, for journalists like there were, like, you know, in the 1960s, the newspapers were in the 70s and even the 80s, the newspapers were, you know, looking for investigative reporters and, and, and there were a lot of cool gigs to get. Here are the least regrettable I also majors. think that people romanticize journalism and then they find out that there's a lot of mundane that goes with that. It's true. And it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard. hard sure it, it is. is hard. Yeah, that's right. Uh, human resources management, HR, 58% regret. Uh, um, we're glad that they got into it. Construction trades. I find that interesting because that uh, it could be a college grad. Heck, it could be somebody with a master's or it could be somebody with a high school education or even less. But uh, 65% of the construction people say, yeah, I'm kind of glad I got into this. Then psychology, about the same. Same thing percentage-wise, 66% for finance. Right above that, people are glad they got into business administration and management. And then it's health, which is a very general category, but uh, especially with uh, boomers aging, there's an awful lot of work there. Uh, nursing, 69%. Very few people uh, regret that, comparatively speaking. Then we're up to engineering, 71%. Number two, at 72%, people just really excited about choosing a life in criminology. Yes, crime will always be with us, and there are always going to be people fascinated by it. I mean, just look at the TV shows that we're watching. And what do you think is the number one percentage of graduates who would choose the same major again if they could? 72%. Mm -mm. What are they doing? Come on. Biz it's obvious. Business? Look, look around. No, we already had business. That's not Oh, that's right. We more. did. Accounting? IT? Uh, computer and information yeah. sciences. Yeah, IT. that is number yeah. one, 72%. That, that, that's almost three quarters of the people that chose that said, boy, did I, did I choose the right field to go into compared to you know, what we were reading before with journalism? Well, I mean, you, but like, I, Here's couldn't, what, I couldn't be an IT professional. You, that's like a skill set. I couldn't be math, an engineer. A math no. brain. Yeah, there's right. a... It could be the greatest job in the world. You and I are still over here with earth sciences and communication. Well, the other thing is I'm looking at communications and there were probably some people that, you know, maybe went into it. They thought it was glamorous. They'd like to be, you know, in a newspaper or on television or write a uh, story or two for magazines. And they found out they just didn't really have it. But you, you will find, you know, in all of those um, sciences, you're going to find somebody who just is great at what he or she does, and they have a successful career. However, what I'm reading out of this is, you better be terrific at what you do if you choose one of those. You just well, better be able to work hard and be great at it. You know, when my kids were deciding what they wanted to study and be and all that, mm -hmm. it was like, I need... 
I just want you to pick something where you think you'll be happy and fulfilled. Because there is yeah. nothing worse than picking something because other people tell you it's safe or a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're miserable, right? I have, a fr- I have a friend of mine, a very successful lawyer, and he just, we were talking about jobs one day, and he said, if I had it to do all over again, this is the last job I would have chosen. He said, it's and just, that's sad. you know. It, it is sad, he said, but I'm sad. at a point in my life, I mean, this is this is what I do. and I, He's stuck, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of stuck. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. Um, usually it's Bob's job to bring you some news that starts out sounding happy, like, wow, have you seen the new holiday drinks at Dunkin'? And then ends up making you just want to, like, Slam your own head in the door. Thank you. I own it today. You own it? I own it today. So I'm scrolling. I think it was probably my Instagram. Somebody had a drink posted that, man, there was a lot going on. There was, and Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Dunkin'. It might have been, it wasn't Starbucks. It wasn't a Starbucks cup, but, you know, whipped Mm -hmm. cream and chocolate and candy and sprinkles and a candy cane and, um, the Dunkin' Peppermint Mocha Swirl Frozen Coffee, if you get the large, has 1,170 calories. <laughs> oh, my God. 182 grams of sugar oh my and God. 40 grams of fat. You guys, I would be better off just Whoa. eating my dog alive than drinking that. Like um, that is think about that's like half 40, of your calories for the day, isn't it? I mean, it's roughly. How many calories yeah, are we least. supposed to have today? Twenty couple, every day, twenty eight thousand. Yeah, well, maybe like you that. as a dude can have twenty eight hundred. I think I'm allowed to have about fifteen hundred. Forty grams of fat mm. and one hundred and eighty two grams of sugar. Now I don't just want to pick on Duncan. Let's see what Starbucks has going on with their peppermint white chocolate mocha frappuccino, large or as we say at Starbucks, a venti. <laughs> um, it has you know, 500 have, let me let me just say it's to me it's still just a bunch of bs with that stuff it's a i like starbucks but give me a break go ahead um, five, 550 calories which after what we just described what are we on diets here Nine, 19 grams of fat and 88 grams of sugar oh my god all right let's go over to mcdonald's McDonald's looking like the healthy choice here with their peppermint mocha latte large. Only 430 calories. Oh, that's nothing. 14 grams of fat, 58 grams of sugar. Now, I'll remind you that Duncan has 1,170 calories, 40 grams of fat, and 182 grams of sugar. McDonald's, McDonald's is puffing out its chest and going, yeah, we're the healthy option. <laughs> what do you think I'm loving that? it. I'm loving it. Um, Krispy Kreme has a frozen pumpkin spice latte. If you get you the 20 ounce, 20 ounces, my God, lot, I hope, yeah. I hope you're enjoying this next to the bathroom because you're going to be in there. <laughs> 680 calories, 22 Yo. grams of fat, 101 grams of sugar. I, I mean, I like fat and I like sugar, but before I get 40 grams of fat in a drink, I'm going to have a steak and a brownie. Like that's insane, isn't it? I'm going to I'm just going to drink something that's healthier, like eggnog. You know what? When you look at these, eggnog actually looks like the healthiest looks like possible. Looks like a better thing. choice, I know. 
So um, it, t- it just turns out that the most fattening drinks are Dunkin'. And here, I want to say something good about McDonald's because uh, I'm not a fast food person, so I never really say anything about McDonald's. I'm going to say something good about it. When you look at these holiday drinks uh-huh. and you go Dunkin', Starbucks, Krispy Kreme, Pete's, um, depending on what part of the country you live in, you might have a Pete's coffee. The healthiest choice for a holiday drink is at McDonald's. So and if they you're have craving, good coffee. Yeah, McDonald's yeah. has very good coffee. If you're craving one of these, you know, peppermint, mocha choca loca things or whatever, just go ahead and get you the McDonald's. Because right across the board from fat to calories to sugar, it's the healthiest option. And that now, is only- not... That's not a flag McDonald's gets to wave every day. So, yay, Mickey the, D's. The, the only problem is when you get in line in your car to get it, plan on being in line for about a half an hour because you can't find anybody to work. And you've got three people going out of their minds, hustling the cash register and all of the food and the aforementioned drink. Yeah, but think about all the twitching and steering wheel drumming, all those calories you're burning. You know what? Get a bag of fries to go with that coffee drink. You've earned it. There it is. The the eggnog is always half full. Eggnog glass is half full with you. That's beautiful. This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry ask, do you know a crazy cat person? Are you crazy? We are not crazy. Are you a crazy cat person? Well. Time to out yourself and proclaim to the world your love of your kitty best friend. Well. It's the My Life is All About My Cat line in the Bob and Sherry store with t-shirts available in an assortment of colors with the perfect style for you. You Unisex, women's, and even tank tops in sizes small to 3X. Or you can have tea or coffee with your kitty pal with ceramic mugs that also say my life is all about my cat. And of course, Sherry's award-winning cooking with cats is chock full of great recipes and fun photos of felines frolicking in the kitchen. With shirts, drinkware, and a cookbook, the Bob and Sherry store has your crazy cat person covered this holiday season, even if it's you. Yeah, they're crazy, but they're a lot of fun. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I've mentioned this before. I do have a fascination with names, but generally it's people's names, human beings. But I saw this article. As a matter of fact, Sherry sent it to me because she knows I like names. And it's the best and most popular names for dogs and cats as of this year, as we close out 2022. <sighs> Are you all set? Are you all set, Max? Are you ready? Yeah, I am. Max has a dog. He's going to want to hear this. All right, here we go. Uh, number 10 most popular dog name this year was Jack. Number nine, Tucker. Number eight, Duke. That's a classic, huh? Number seven, Rocky. Yeah, that's a good name for a big dog. Number six, Bear. Oh, that's so sweet. Come here, Bear. Number five, uh, Milo. Boy, I'm surprised Milo is still up there from, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Milo and... Milo and Otis. And Otis. That's right. Milo. Uh, number four, Buddy. Come here, Buddy. A friend of mine had a, uh, had a dog named Buddy. Number three is Cooper. That's kind of a cool name. And number two is Charlie. Here is the number one name in the United States for a dog this year. And it is, 
Max. Again. <laughs> why do you? Why do you hate that? Every year. Every year. Why do you hate it? I knew a woman named Ginger, so and she said that everybody would go. We had a horse named Ginger. <laughs> Hey, it's an icebreaker. Here are the, uh, let's see, that's uh, the most common girl dog names. Number 10 is Molly. Number nine is Bailey. Number eight is uh, Sadie. Lola is number seven. Zoe is six. Then Lily. Daisy is number four. Lucy is, didn't you have a Lucy? Had a Lucy Lou. Yeah, we did. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Number three. Luna is number two, and the number one name, and I think it was last year, too, for a girl dog, is Bella. Here are the top trending dog names, but I think it's all lies, because I don't know who would name their dogs these names. Um, Beige is number 10. Beige? Yeah. Like the color? Beige? Like the color, yeah. I could see them naming a dog Bouge, but not Beige. Beige, yeah. Uh, Fradicchio is number nine. Fradicchio. Frederico? Frederico. Maybe it is Frederico. Yeah, I guess it would be pronounced Frederico. Fradicchio sounds like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Number, uh, where are we? Number eight. I can't pronounce this. T O H R U, Taru. T O H. Would that be Taru? Is that, Toru. is that from a cartoon or something? I've never heard of that. Taru. Are you sure that you Toru. didn't get on the uh, different website? Like, are you reading drug names? Like, what are we talking <laughs> about here? No, I'm 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 reading the ones that you sent me. These are the, uh, the top trending dog names. T O H R U. Yeah. Uh, number seven is. Oh, Mankai. you know what that is? What That's is, what um, is that? Japanese. It's an uh, an anime character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's named. It that's like named that. after an anime character. Yeah. Number seven is Manka. Number six. Oh God. Mommy. Come here, mommy. Gonna give you. Didn't you have a dog cream. named Mommy at one time? He did. He yeah, did. he did. A Yorkie. Uh, I guess. It was Mary's dog. Oh, my Number God. Five. I'm telling you, it was. Dog. Oh. Uh, Kaina. Number four is Maribel. Number three is Mossberg. Who named their dog Mossberg? Number two is Cassini. And number one is Fesco, which I kind of like. <laughs> F-E-Z-C-O. Here, Fesco. Here, Fesco. I like that. There you are. Once again, the most popular is Max. This is Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.